Welcome to Served Neat, hosted by your girl, Jen Hartman. I'm the CEO of Neat, a boutique PR and marketing agency based out of Louisville, Kentucky. I launched Neat in 2019 with just $3,000 in my bank account. Since then, I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of emerging brands and Fortune 500 empires. I believe that marketing and PR should be served neat, just like your favorite bourbon. On this podcast, you'll hear about the latest and greatest growth strategies, the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship, and so much more. Pour yourself a glass of your favorite bourbon because it's time to dive in to this week's episode. On today's episode of Served Neat, I get to chat with human design expert and a former client of ours, Leah McLeod. Leah is also a spiritual coach and wellness guru who is dedicated to demystifying spirituality and bringing people closer to their authentic selves through human design. Over the past three years, Leah has led retreats, worked one-on-one with clients and couples, and she's also assisted world wellness leaders. Leah's spiritual philosophy bridges the gap between woo-woo and science, making spirituality digestible, practical, and fun. Her readings, coaching programs, and retreats help others discover their innate gifts and embrace the power of their authenticity. We dove into Human Design 101, which is great for those who are new to the subject, how you can leverage human design to become a better leader, and even some of her favorite PR campaigns that led to big business growth. Let's dive into today's episode. Your guys' photos were so cute, by the way. I loved all of it. And yeah, I miss you guys. We miss you too. We love you. We literally talk about you all the time. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> well, okay. So what has changed between, when did we stop working together? December, January? It was like December, right? Right before Christmas. Okay. So what's changed between December and now? Give me some business updates. What's happened? So, I mean, there's been a lot of different things. So in November, I brought someone on to help me with social media. She wanted to learn human design. So I was like, I will teach you human design. And then, and so it was kind of like a trade-off, but then she basically was like, I don't really even want to, she was like an astrologer, but was like, I don't want to learn human design anyway. It wasn't just working out because I was like, I'll write everything if you put it together. And I just literally don't have the time to write content as much anymore. So, so then I basically officially was, I'm just going to hire someone to help me. Like I need a social media, someone to help me put content together, help me come up with ideas to light a fire up my ass and basically push me. And so I found the most amazing girl, her name's Tiana. And it's so serendipitous how we met each other because I did a reading about a year ago, almost a year ago with this guy named Dennis, didn't know him prior. And we just did a reading together. And it was prior to that reading, I was having one of those days where you're like questioning your business. Why am I doing what I'm doing? This was right after I'd quit my corporate job. And I was just kind of in that mindset of just feeling scared and afraid. And just, I don't know why I, I don't know what I'm doing in the world. And I jump on this reading and I give this reading to this guy. And it was like one of my favorite readings I've ever done. And at the end was like, this was amazing. I'm so thankful that I met you. And he basically told me changed his life. So it was just so profound. And afterwards, I remember ending the reading and sitting in my desk and crying for five minutes because I really needed that reminder of like why I do what I do. I felt really purposeful. And then afterwards, I kind of kept in touch here and there. He'll DM me sort of thing. And he sent me an email and I was like, I'm hiring. And he was like, you have to hire this girl. And the, my big thing was 
I need someone that knows human design. I need someone that knows it. And so I find this girl, she doesn't know human design, but she's obsessed with it. And she's like, I am dying to learn it. She like even has in her bio about her human design and she's a social media manager and she's literally the most, I love her. I literally want to just kiss her. I love her so much. She's just has the best personality. I could just talk to her for hours and hours and hours. I brought her on and there had to have been some sort of purpose in me having that interaction with that guy leading me to you and it's been really good so far. So that's changed. Guidebooks that I launched kind of towards the end of us working together have been, I'm selling anywhere from two to 10 of those a day, which has been massive because they're $77. So that's been a huge change in my business. I'm just making quite a bit of money there. Increased my reading prices. I'm doing less readings because of that, but that was kind of the point. I just needed less one-on-one time with people. So I could focus on my new program, which I just launched actually starts next week. So that's new. How's Gus Gus? He's okay. He just had a whole sort of bunch of things that happened with him. He ended up few weeks ago, like almost a month ago now, he was shaking one day and just was kind of off. And we ended up taking him to the emergency vet and he had to stay there overnight because he just wasn't doing well. He wasn't breathing at one point. It was just all this sort of stuff was happening. It was terrifying. Then we had to transfer him to another emergency vet. He had to go into emergency surgery. They basically had to cut him open and they thought there was a foreign object and there wasn't. What they did find was that he's having massive breathing issues, which happens with that breed, but we didn't know it was so bad. We He grumbles and our vet was like, oh, you guys, if you ever look into it, you guys may want to get surgery on him at some point before he gets older. But it was never anything massively serious. And we found out that he has stage three laryngeal collapse or something. So basically he had to go into surgery last week and get his nose clipped. Basically, it's literally called a rhinoplasty for dogs. He had to get his nostrils widened. It's called their soft palate. They shortened that. They took his tonsils out. I mean, they're doing all sorts of stuff, but he's actually, he's just a week out and he's doing really good the best I've ever seen him. So I'm really happy all this happened, but it was, it was a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. But our dogs are like our children. So when anything happens, it hits us so hard, but I'm glad that Gus Gus is turning a corner. That makes me happy. I've been following his journey on Instagram. I'm obsessed. I wish I could just squeeze him in person. I know I get so many people that just love him. So I'm, I'm just, yeah, I made him an Instagram maybe in September. And so I'm just sharing on there. Cause so many people are like, how's Gus Gus? Just go on his Instagram. There's the updates. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let's kind of shift the conversation to chat about human design. So for my listeners who are not familiar with human design, but may be familiar with other personality tests, what is the difference between human design and let's say the Enneagram? Yeah. So human design is a lot different than traditional or well-known personality tests because it combines so many different modalities and it's a part spiritual system and a part science system. And so human design, it's also fixed. So with a lot of the different personality tests, like the Enneagram or maybe the Myers-Briggs, they're based on you taking a test at a certain point in your life, right? So I know, for example, for me, I've taken the Enneagram maybe four or five different times and each time has been a little bit different. And so it's really hard because there was at one point I'm following all these accounts, learning about my Enneagram and then realizing taking the test again. And I'm like, oh, I'm not a three when it said I was a three or whatever it was. And so the one thing about human design is that it's fixed. It's based on your time of birth. So that's where it's kind of this part spiritual system because astrology is weaved into human design. So based on that, it's not going to change. So you have this energetic blueprint based on your time of birth that tells you who you are and different characteristics that you have and different gifts that you have, how your energy works. And it's not going to change. It's always going to be the same. And it also has, you know, different 
modalities linked in there. So human design is the Chinese I Ching. It's the Kabbalah. It's quantum visits. It's genetics. It's basic science. It's astronomy, astrology. It's all of these sort of systems, the chakra system, all sort of linked together that make up one system in itself. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think you had said this line when we worked together a couple months ago, but human design is who you are when you are born before the world shapes you into who you currently are. Or it was some yeah. kind of line like that. And I was yeah. Like, okay. That single line really described what human design actually is. It's who you are. And I thought that was interesting too. I like that you touched on how with the Enneagram, you've taken it a few different times and every time you took it, it's changed. And I took it at, I think 20 or 21 and it spit out a three and I still resonate with the three, but I'm wondering if I retook it today, would I still be a three or would it put me at a two or maybe the wing would be different. I'm just curious because I've changed so much 20 to 28. I just wonder what I would end up being. And then I would have an identity crisis. Oh my God, I've yeah. always been a three. What am I now? I don't even know myself. So yes, I like that human design is that constant. So I want to talk about human design and how it plays into leadership. Something specifically that I learned about my human design type as a manifester is I'm a visionary, but I'm not necessarily great at implementation. And so I've been really mindful of that when I have an idea. I don't execute it myself. I make sure to hire the correct team members to execute on that big vision. But I'm curious if you could just tell us a bit more about human design and leadership. How does it relate? How important is it really? And if you could just give us a couple of really good examples. Yeah. So I love that example that you gave. Just kind of understanding your energy can be so powerful because it's where are my skills? Where do I fit in here? And you know, there's so many layers to it. Energy type is one thing. So there's five. So you could be a generator, manifesting generator, projector, manifester, or reflector. And based on that, there's definitely different qualities that can make you a different type of worker or the way that you collaborate with other people. The next thing that I would look at is something called definition within our human design that also says how we work with others and how we flow, how our energy interacts with the world. And then there's also our profile, which is essentially our personality. So there's 12 different sort of personality types within human design. And so each person kind of has their own sort of thing. So there's so many ways that can be used within how someone operates. So for your example, because you're a manifester, you know, you're really good at coming up with ideas, but you're maybe not as great at following through with them. For a generator, a generator is a really good builder. So they may be someone that's really good at being told what to do and then just going to execute on it. It's really funny. You're actually bringing something up for me because I am a generator and you're a manifester and everyone I've hired to work for me has been a manifester. I hired you guys. Girl, I just hired for social media as a manifester and I tend to be drawn towards manifestors. And I don't know if it's just because they come up with really great ideas and then I'm like, yeah, let's go do it. And then I'm ready to work. But yeah, so it's funny. And some other examples too, when I've worked with teams or even when I've worked with couples, you're able to see again, how someone else operates in relation to others. And so leading on the definition thing that I mentioned, people can have what we call single definition, which another word for it is called independent definition. And people like this are really independent, their own autonomy. It's very similar to manifestor energy, but anyone can be single definition. And we find here is that when people work with others and they have independent definition is they don't want to collaborate. They're like, I don't want to be on a team with people, especially in working environments. I've seen these sort of people really enjoy the work from home or they don't want to do when there's a team meeting, they're like, okay, couldn't we just do this in an email? I don't need to know this. So human design, there's so many different ways that it can help you understand your energy so then that you thrive. Projectors are really good at seeing things when they're on a team. They're kind of the person that's able to kind of have a really good perspective. They absorb information. So they're the people that it'd be great to turn to to be like, what do you think? What are you absorbing? Same with the reflector. How do you feel right now? Those are the people that are kind of really feeling the energy of everyone else. So it's let's tune into what they think. Yeah, I like that. We were just having a conversation conversation about human design for this on my team because I was oh guess who I'm talking to after this meeting and everyone was like oh wait yeah 
I just found out that our COO is a projector. And this is why you are so perfect in this role. You're so good at seeing things and figuring out what next steps to take. Whereas with I'm way up here in the cloud, you're <laughs> able to kind of think about next steps when it comes to my bigger vision. So we work really well together on the team. It's interesting about like generators and manifestors and how they work together. I don't know if I have any generators on my team, but I have a couple of many gens. Okay. And they operate very similarly to a a generator and a manifesting generator. Very similar because they're both, when someone's called a generator, it means that they have a motor, like it's called the sacral center. They have this life force inside of them. And so the difference between a generator and a manifesting generator is that a manifesting generator also has that motors connected to their throat. And so there's kind of this ability to, they get to where they want to go really quickly. They pivot fast. So you, where you come up with the ideas, they're actually the people that not only can they come up with ideas, but then they're also working, but sometimes their ideas come too fast and they don't finish things. They're very curious, multi-passionate people. So yeah, very interesting that you have many gens. And I'm surprised you don't have any generators because generators are the most common type too. That's really cool. I need to start asking during interviews, what is your human design type? <laughs> and if you don't know, my friend Leah, she'll help you. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So talk to me about when it comes to your human design type. For example, I'm a manifest. What does an unhealthy manifester leader look like? Yeah. So manifestors. So the one thing about them is that, so every type has a strategy. Strategy is basically how can you strategically use your energy as a, whatever type you are. So manifester in this case, to bring yourself more aligned opportunities to work with your energy rather than against it. And so being a manifester, yours is to inform. And it's very interesting because I always say that any of the other types, they will look at a manifestor strategy and be like, how easy. They just have to tell people what they have going on. But the one thing about manifestors, they actually work in reverse. So the bread and butter of human design is something called strategy and authority. So what we just talked about is your strategy is to inform. And then authority is basically this fancy word for intuition. And so it's called authority because it's this thing that has the power in you that helps you make decisions. And so with all of these other types, they all operate with their strategy brings them something. And then they tune into their authority or their intuition to decide if something's a yes or a no for them. A manifestor actually works in reverse. They operate by creative bursts and these urges and these kind of spurts of energy and they want to go fast and they're like, let's go do this thing. So instead of them using their strategy and informing someone, they first have to look at their authority and go, you know, what does my intuition say? Is this a yes for me? So you may get this idea and it's important for you to sit with it for just a moment and go, what is this? Is this right for me? And and it's different depending on what your authority is. Like you may be, do you know if you're an emotional authority or splenic authority? Do you know what you are? I don't know, but I'm going to have to find out later. And let you know. I'll have to send you one of my guidebooks. So send me your birth info and we're done and I'll send you a guidebook so you know. But so basically, depending on what your authority is, ego, spleen, it could be emotional. You tune into that, which has its own sort of mechanism to go, okay, is this right for me or is this idea wrong for me? Okay, if it's right for you, then you inform people. And it's not that you have to inform everyone, but it's whoever is impacted by this decision or this idea or this thing that I'm going towards. It's important that I communicate that with those people because otherwise what happens with manifestors is that when they're out of alignment, they'll go quick and they'll go somewhere and everyone's like, pump the brakes. What is happening? Where is this person going? What is changing? I thought they were doing this thing. And so there's that happens. And then the other thing is that manifestors will get into this habit of people pleasing and they'll get into this habit of prioritizing everyone else needs above their own. They'll also be afraid to be bold. Like manifestors are bold and they should be unapologetic by nature. But manifestors, I feel like are just so conditioned in society where they feel too big. 
and they feel like they can't be as bold as they need to be. And so they don't want to inform people because they want to get to where they want to go really fast. And then they get themselves in trouble later. And so they also will feel like if I tell people what I'm doing, they're just going to get in my way or they're going to try and get involved and that's going to slow me down. So it's actually the opposite. If you're going to get to where you want to go faster, if you just let people know. And the other thing with manifestors is that you have to tell people you have going on and they don't like it. Who cares? You have to be unapologetic because that's the other thing. I, I'll see manifestors inform me like, well, I informed and then they told me not to do that and they got in my way. Don't let them just go do your thing. Informing is not inviting them in. Informing is basically driving a bus and then you get up to the bus stop and you're like, hey, by the way, this is where we're going. You either, you're the bus driver. It's like you're either getting on the bus and coming with me really fast or you're not coming along. You're not going to sing and annoy me while I'm driving. You're getting off. So that's kind of how manifestor works and how they shouldn't work. Does that help? Yes, that is so interesting. And that makes me think about how I am an over communicator with people around me. Like if you are in my inner circle, you know what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, when I'm doing it. And like, even my husband, he's like, go do your thing. He's like, I don't care what you're doing in business. And I just feel this need to like tell everybody what I'm up to. So I wonder if part of that comes back to me being a manifester. I'm designed to. Yeah. yeah. Let me use my defined throat. Let me speak. Yeah. And if I feel like I can't inform people and tell people and communicate, I feel like I'm suffocating. Like I'm bursting at the seams with excitement. And like, I want to tell people. So it is kind of funny thinking about that. And then I see like my husband who's very soft-spoken and a bit more reserved. And I'm like, how do you not tell everybody about this thing? And it's just funny kind of, I need to find out what his human design type is. I'm really curious. So I'm going to find out later. I think the issue is he doesn't know what time he was born. And I think that's why we've never done human design. Is it not on his birth certificate? I don't know if he knows where it is. Just go get one. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you can step in now that you're his wife, but (laughs) might be able to. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But this has been so interesting. Okay. So something I've noticed with myself, and I don't know if other human design types are like this, but I have a hard time as a manifester working with other manifestors because I go, oh my gosh, they're up here. I need to bring them back down for a second. So I just struggle with other manifestors, even though I'm a manifester, which sounds really funny. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Other human design types, like do generators have a hard time working side by side with, with other generators? Okay. So I would say no for the second part of that. I don't think that generators necessarily have a hard time with other generators. A manifestor would have a hard time with another manifestor. I would also say too many reflectors that would be really challenging in a group setting. Projectors, I would say kind of the same thing. Why I say this is because for sure there's kind of energetic tension that could be built because exactly what we were just talking about. If you're someone who is trailblazing and you've got these ideas and then that person over there has big, bold ideas. Again, we just talked about, we don't like people getting in our way. And so if those ideas are in alignment with each other, there can be tension that builds there. So certainly I think that can be a challenge for manifestors. You know, reflectors, they're people who they have no defined energy in their chart. If you look up their human design chart, which is basically there's all these shapes and some are colored in and some aren't. Reflectors have none colored in. So they don't have any defined energy. Not to say that they don't have energy, but they don't have consistent energy themes that are constant. So they're constant mutating. And every time they're around people, they're actually just like reflecting their energy back to them. So two reflectors sometimes wouldn't be great because they're, they're both have a tendency to kind of feel lost and a little bit, where are we going? Who are we? What are we doing? So it's important for them to maybe in a working setting, be around other people that, you know, maybe have more defined energy. So any of the other types, and then, you know, projectors, I see that projectors, they're the seers. And so they either get along with projectors really well because they both see things or they're like seeing things in a different way. And they're just so bitter that other people aren't seeing it the way that they do. That's their kind of not self theme. And then generators, I don't really ever see a lot of conflict with. And I think it's just because they're kind of like project builder focused that they're kind of just, I'm just 
generating energy here. And I'm talking about what I love and what you love, like sometimes excites me. And like, we're all just like kind of excited and lit up and doing our projects and things. And so I don't see tons of conflict. There are conflict with generators around all of the other types though, because generators have that motor. They're the only types that have a built-in battery and like an energetic reserve. And so generators can throw people off specifically projectors and reflectors more than a manifester, but they can throw any projector manifester or reflector off because if they're using their energy on the wrong thing. So if they're working at a job that they hate, and so they're constantly just bitching and complaining and moaning about the job that they do, and they're using all of their life force on shit that they hate. And so then that affects the other types because they're like, they feel depleted because they they don't have that energy reserve. So they actually feel it. They feel it from everyone else. So it's so important for you and all these other types to be around healthy generators because then it's going to affect you and it's going to overburden you. And when I say generators, I'm referring to manifesting generators and generators here. So yeah, so those types can affect the other ones more than they affect themselves. Yes. Yeah. So, so interesting. Okay. I want to shift gears slightly and talk more about the business side of human design. Yeah. All right. So specifically for you, what is coming up in your human design business this year? Anything we can get excited about and look forward to? Yes. Okay. Actually, I just told my newsletter that I have something coming soon-ish. I actually don't have a date for it. And I'm, I'm trying to like not commit to dates because sometimes I don't like to have like a certain thing I'm working towards because then I just rush. But so there's kind of two things. So one, I just launched something called The Method. And it's called The Method because I have been mentoring people, learning human design, and I've done multiple sessions with people. And something that I've started doing is unintentionally was called the method, which was basically taking their human design to guide them in a specific way. So working with, for example, you being a manifester, would be like working with a manifester and helping them work specifically with their energy and then all of the layers around their energy for whatever they're working through. And so I created this program called the method. I'm calling it the integrated human design and spiritual wellness journey. And why it's kind of both is because really the background of what I do is also spiritual wellness and, and not just human design, but human design is really the core of everything I do. But I wanted there to be a place where I can start to like really use like some of the stuff I, I also really love day to day. But so I created this program where you can do it as a group and you basically get this integrated human design experience for six months. We're meeting on calls every other week. There's little challenges. There's a whole part of human design on digestion. And we're going to do a whole two week challenge on like eating with your human design type. And we're going to do kind of like, it's just this integrated journey. And human design isn't a belief system. That's kind of one of the myths that we get a lot. It's really something that's meant to be experimented with, played with. And so it's really just this um, container to, to play with it. So that's new. And you can also do it one-on-one. So there's a group version that's going to happen twice a year. And then a one-on-one version that you can join at any point if you just want guided support from me. So that's to come. And what I announced in my newsletter, which I didn't tell them what it was, I will tell you guys, because we'll see if who's listening, is that I'm going to be offering a membership at some point this year. Yeah, I, I just kind of dreamed up and it'll be cheap, like $33 a month. I just want a small way for people to, there's going to be every month a human design class. I'm going to have different guest speakers come on, you know, host little workshops and different healers, spiritual modalities. We're going to talk about human design transits. There's going to be a whole community aspect for people to get together. I've been dying to do retreats, so we'll hopefully maybe bake some of that in there. But yeah, it's going to be sort of this like spiritual human design community. I'm really excited. I'm just kind of like in the process of, I don't know if you do this, but like when I'm in the process of building something for my business, I just have to make a landing page hidden on my website. That's how I come up with an idea. So I just 
put this landing page together with the whole sort of concept and then I just keep tweaking it and adding to it and then start conceptualizing it. I don't know. That's what I do. I love it. No, that's so fun. You have a lot of cool things coming up in 2023 for you and I'm excited to follow along. Mm -hmm. Last question I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. So you've done quite a bit of PR and marketing in the last Mm -hmm. year. Do you have a favorite PR moment that has really made your business? Yes. Okay. So thank you to the Neat Marketing team because you guys got me on the Lady Gang podcast, which is 75 million downloads. And here's the thing. I don't know. I must be living under a rock because I didn't know what Lady Gang was prior. I didn't know how massive this podcast was. I already got this podcast. I was messaging back and forth the manager, but she's like, we're trying to get the three people on it. So I'm not even joking you the day of. I've done quite a few podcast recordings, so it's not, I don't really prep anything for it, which maybe I should because here I am. All right. On Instagram. Okay. What podcast am I about to be on today? Who are these people? And I'm like, oh, this podcast has hundreds of thousands of followers that just follow their podcast page. And then I'm going to the host and the one host is the e-news correspondent. And then I'm looking at the other host and she's someone who's in pop culture, all these massive people that I've never even heard of, which, so I jump on and I'm like, wait, so there was like this like nervousness a little bit that came because I'm, oh my God, I am on a massive podcast right now. There are 75 million downloads. So anyway, I recorded the podcast. It was Thursday. And then the following Tuesday it launched. I didn't know what day it was launching. And I know a lot of podcasts I've been on. I don't know when you're going to release this. Sometimes people batch them like months in advance. So I had no idea. I figured they're a massive podcast. Maybe it won't happen. I literally wake up. They posted at Eastern time. It's like 8 a.m. I look at my phone. I had already booked maybe five readings. I had already sold 30 of my guidebooks. I had 200 followers. I was like, Oh my gosh. It was insane to me. And I literally the whole day I was soaking it all in. I think I made seven grand that week, which is I've never made that much money in my life in that fast. And like, I literally was, this is crazy. So that was my biggest PR moment ever. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if anybody is questioning whether or not PR can anything for your business, here's Leah to tell you that a single interview really made such a difference, especially that week. I think that is so cool. And I mean, what has happened since, like, have you continued to build relationships with the host? Has anything else come out of that aside from sales? So I ended up putting together for them a post for their page, which did really well. So I got a lot of DMs from people like, I want one of these done. How do I do that? So that was really good. And then of course, like in this industry, okay, guarantee if anyone's listening, you guys follow me. This is my warning that there's going to be a bot that like an impersonator that follows you because Instagram in the spiritual, like even artists and different sort of service providers and coaches, there's these horrible scammers that replicate your account. My handle's at the design of you, but it'll be like at dot design of you. Like they'll add like a symbol or a character and they'll message people like I felt something and this whole like thing. And that's just not simply what happens here. So there was a ton of those. So they actually on their personal Instagrams, which actually worked in my favor, bad PR is good PR, right? Is they end up being like, girl, that was on our podcast. This is her account. If you're getting a weird follower. So they had to do PSAs because so many of their followers were getting fake things, which was so annoying on one part, but also it was cool for them to actually share on their personal pages, but that happened. And then it was so cool. Something I feel like I manifested. There's another online coach. She sells like an online course creator. You probably know her rebel nutrition, but she listens to lady gang, I guess. And so I have purchased her course called OCA online course Academy. And I've followed her for a couple years now. And she, all of a sudden I have a DM from her and she's, 
hey, I heard you on Lady Gang. Like, I'd love to bring you on my podcast and for you to teach a masterclass for my community. And I like literally was like, dude, I've literally been following you for so long. I purchased, I have OCA, like I have your thing. And so that was a serendipitous moment. And then I don't know if you guys landed me this podcast or if it was from Lady Gang, but there was one called AG University. Oh, Um, her name is Anna Grace Newell. She's could be my best friend now. Also, I was on her podcast because of you guys. I think it was like when we scheduled later and so many of the ones that we pitched to was beginning of the year. And so I recorded with her and she just launched that two or three weeks ago, probably over 150 followers. And I sold quite a few of like my guidebooks. I had so many messages from people from that podcast, more messages than I've ever got from a podcast. I loved your podcast. I loved hearing you on this one. It's funny because I don't have you guys actively working for me right now, but for sure bringing on me at some point again in the future. But so many people are hearing me on these other podcasts and they're like, we'd like to bring you on my podcast. So I'm like, that's cool. The PR is doing PR for me. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happens. And I think a lot of people don't realize that once you have a few interviews, those few interviews open up so many other doors and it just, it's like a snowball effect. So I'm glad that even though we're not actively doing PR for you, it's still, the momentum is still going. So mm-hmm. that makes me really happy. And I'm just excited to see everything that you're working on. And you've been on the come up over the last year and it's been fun watching your journey. So just wanted to say, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. This was great. Where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm the design of you on Instagram. No symbols, extra letters. (laughs) At the design of you. My name's Leah and my website's thedesignofyou.com. And yeah, those are kind of my big outlets that I'm pretty much on my website. And I've got a bunch of different things to work with me. A lot of free resources I've built as well to learn about your human design. So if you're like, oh my gosh, it's so expensive to book a reading with these readers. I have something called Decode Your Design that I launched since we've worked together, Jen, which has been really cool. It's this free way to quickly learn about your human design. So I have that. You can get your chart for free on my site. Got also some other free resources. And I'm also a podcast host. I have a podcast called The Design of You. (laughs) It's the design of you across everything, essentially. So that's me. Perfect. We will link everything in the show description. Leah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Jen. It was so good to see your face. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Served Need. I hope you enjoyed listening and found some tasty nuggets of marketing wisdom to help you take your brand to the next level. Remember, just like a perfectly crafted cocktail, marketing is all about finding the right balance and serving it up with a splash of creativity. So keep building, keep refining, and keep serving up your brand with style. And if you're thirsty for more insights, be sure to subscribe and join us for our next episode of Served Need. Until then, cheers. Cheers.